Hello, welcome to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast, where it is all about helping amazing physicians just like you create a wealthy life free from burnout and with the financial security to practice medicine on your own terms. I'm your host, Dr. Elisa Zhang. Today, we're going to start to dive into asset protection. For most physicians, our greatest asset, the one where we've invested the most time and money, is our ability to practice medicine. Medical school is four years long, and the shortest residency is three years. So generally, it's a minimum of seven years spent in training, and likely a minimum of six figures spent in tuition for medical school, whether or not you were the one to actually pay for it. And that doesn't account for the emotional toll of training, which quite literally involved blood, sweat, and tears. In 2022, the average physician income is $339,000. That means over a career of 30 years, a physician could make over $10 million. Some will make more and some will make less, but that puts the earning power of a physician in perspective. Yes, some physicians are going to fall outside the norm. They may have other inherited assets or have intellectual property or patents that may be quite valuable. Some physicians have developed businesses that generate more revenue than their work in medicine. And this includes some physician real estate investors. But for the vast majority of early career physicians, protecting the ability to earn income practicing medicine is a key area of asset protection. And physicians do become disabled. 12 to 18% of Americans are currently disabled and up to a third of them will have a disability that lasts for at least 90 days. Up to one-eighth will have a disability that lasts over five years. And 90% of disability is caused by illness. The average disability claim is around 34 months or just under three years. As physicians, we see patients who have become disabled, and we see how much that could really affect someone's life dramatically. As physicians, we are at higher risk for musculoskeletal issues, as well as mental disabilities. For example, as an ophthalmologist, musculoskeletal issues are an occupational hazard because we're on microscopes and the slit lamp all the time, so the position of our body is more susceptible to musculoskeletal injury. In order to protect the ability to earn income, you want to get long-term disability insurance. This insurance will pay a benefit if you become disabled and are not able to work due to illness or injury. In order to get the benefit, you must be disabled for longer than the waiting period or the elimination period, as defined by the plan you purchase, the most common being 90 days. There is short-term disability insurance that will provide coverage with a shorter or no waiting period, but typically you want to just use your emergency fund to cover the waiting period until your long-term disability insurance starts to pay in order to avoid the premiums of a short-term disability policy. What you really want to get is own occupation or specialty-specific disability insurance. This is disability insurance that will pay if you are no longer able to perform your current specialty. Without this definition, you would not receive a benefit if you could work any kind of job, including flipping burgers at McDonald's. So an ophthalmologist who does cataract surgery needs both hands and both feet. So if you lose one leg or one foot, you can't really do cataract surgery anymore. An ophthalmologist who can't do cataract surgery will typically earn less than an ophthalmologist who can perform cataract surgery especially if someone's a high-volume cataract surgeon. An ophthalmologist who loses one foot may still be able to see patients in clinic, so they are still able to work in their specialty, but they're not able to do the full scope of their prior work. With own occupation or specialty-specific disability insurance policy, they would become compensated for income lost 
from not being able to do surgery, so long as that difference meets a specified threshold, which is somewhere around 15% of gross income. And also, you generally want to get a private policy where you're paying with after-tax dollars. So then if you do receive a benefit, that benefit will be tax-free. The best time to get disability insurance is really when you're a resident. You don't want to apply for disability insurance when you're a medical student because, one, you don't have income, and two, you don't know what specialty of medicine you're, you will actually be practicing. Because your medical specialty is undecided, if you get a specialty-specific policy, then the insurance underwriting will choose the most expensive specialty to cover. And you don't want to have to pay a higher premium than necessary because you got your policy too early. Ideally, you also want to get your disability policy when you're still healthy. And if you're a woman, you want to get the policy before you become pregnant. Generally, with disability insurance, you can insure up to 60 to 70% of your income. Even if you want to buy more, you won't be able to. Insurance companies want an incentive for you to get back to work. You want enough coverage to meet your living expenses, even if you aren't able to work, as well as money to put towards retirement, since disability benefits generally stop paying around age 65 or 67. With disability insurance, there are individual policies, which tend to have a stronger definition of disability, including that own occupation or specialty-specific definition. Individual policies are portable, so if you leave your job, you keep your policy and it goes with you. There are often more options for individual policy, but they do tend to be more expensive. The underwriting is a little bit more difficult because it's specific to you, and you'll undergo blood tests and questionnaires that will determine the specifics of what the insurance company will and won't cover. You also have to be healthy enough to get the policy. If you have a medical condition, it could limit the policy that you're able to get, or make it so that you can't buy a policy at all. It's possible that you may get imposed a limitation on the policy, like it will pay out for a maximum of five years, even if you're disabled for the rest of your life. There are group policies available, and some of these are employer-provided. But there's also group policies through organizations like the AMA, the American Medical Association. If you get a policy from your employer, it's often not portable. So if you leave your employer, then you won't be able to keep that policy. You also just have to take what's offered. The policies tend to be cheaper, and it's possible that you might even be able to get it without a medical exam or answering any questions about your medical history. There are six companies that provide specialty-specific or own occupation long-term disability insurance. They are Ameritas, Berkshire, also called Guardian, Mass Mutual, Ohio National, Principal, and Standard. There are specific definitions in disability insurance that you'll want to pay attention to in addition to different riders that can be purchased. Each company has slight differences in their definitions and the language of the contract included in their riders. Some companies have coverage included in their policy, while others have it as a rider that you must purchase. The specialty specific part of the insurance may be a rider, and if that's the case, then you want to make sure to have this rider. The monthly benefit is the monthly income you will receive in the case of becoming sick or injured to the point of being disabled and unable to work. This amount is adjustable and based on your gross income. If you have an individual plan and a group policy at work, then the total amount of disability insurance you can carry will be determined by the combination of all your disability plans and is limited to 60 to 70% of your gross income. The benefit period is how long your income will be replaced in terms of long-term disability. Depending on what your medical underwriting comes back at, 
and what you buy for your policy. You may only have a five-year benefit or a 10-year benefit, but what you really want to get, if possible, is a benefit that will take you to age 65 or 67. Some disability insurance policies may even allow you to buy a benefit that takes you to age 70. The elimination period is how long you have to wait after you file your claim for your income replacement to occur. Most people choose 90 days because it tends to be the sweet spot in terms of cost. There may be some other options available like 60 days, or you can even choose something longer like 180 days, in which case your policy premiums would be cheaper if you wait longer before the benefits actually start to be paid out. You wanna make sure that your policy is guaranteed, renewable and non-cancelable, meaning that as long as you pay for all of your premiums on time, that you will have continuous coverage until the policy ends. The future increase option writer allows you to actually increase your disability coverage as your income increases over time without having to undergo additional medical underwriting. If you get your disability insurance and then later on you develop a medical diagnosis that would preclude you from medical underwriting, then this writer allows you to continue to have your policy and increase the coverage as your income continues to increase without medical underwriting. If you're getting your policy when you're still in training or early in your career, this writer is a must have. Usually this writer is not very expensive. It's possible that there may not be an additional cost. The other thing to keep in mind is that as your income increases, you wanna to talk to your insurance broker about increasing your benefit. The partial disability writer allows you to receive a benefit even if you're not fully disabled, which of course is also a must have. If you're partially disabled, you definitely still wanna be paid a benefit because when you're partially disabled, you're more likely to not be able to make the same income as you were before you became disabled. The COLA rider, or C-O-L-A, which stands for cost of living adjustment, is designed to help with the loss of purchasing power that happens due to inflation. Right now, we're at a time of high inflation, so you can see how important it might be to have this rider. The rider will increase the benefit that you're paid with inflation based on the consumer price index, but only during the period where you are on a claim and your benefit is actually being paid to you. This is why you want to increase your benefit as your income increases. Then if you were actually to become disabled and use that disability insurance benefit for years, if you have the COLA rider, your benefit payments will increase with inflation. The COLA rider is more important if you end up being on a disability claim for many years. If you are on a claim for a long time, a $5,000 monthly benefit will have a significantly less purchasing power after 10 or 20 years, in which case a COLA rider could really provide thousands of additional dollars of benefits. The COLA rider does help someone if they end up using their policy for a long time, but it doesn't end up impacting the majority of policyholders because most people, fortunately, who go on disability don't end up on disability for the rest of their life and are able to get back to work. There is a catastrophic disability rider that pays an additional benefit if you're to become disabled to the point where you are unable to complete two or more of your activities of daily living. Your activities of daily living include things like bathing, dressing, feeding yourself, using the bathroom, seeing, or hearing. This is generally not that important number rider. You could opt for a larger policy, but if you're already purchasing your maximum policy and you want to cover for something catastrophic, you could consider this rider. Different options will have different amounts of benefit as paid out in the case of a catastrophic disability. There may be some riders that address mental health conditions. 10 to 15% of physicians actually struggle with either alcohol abuse or substance abuse at some point in their lives. 
There are different policies that will relate to mental illness or substance abuse disorders. If you want to consider any riders related to mental illness or substance abuse, then you want to pay close attention to the limitations in the benefit. Many of these riders will only pay benefits for one or two years of mental health or substance abuse claims, so they may not actually be worth the additional cost of the rider. If you are someone who has mental issues and there is a possibility that you would not be able to work because of that, it may be a rider you consider. If you have a debilitating depression that prevents you from working for a year or you want to go to some kind of rehabilitation treatment, then this rider really provides some income protection until you're able to get back on your feet and work again. There are some insurance carriers that will actually offer a student loan rider that will reimburse your student loan holder for the amount of your monthly payments while you're on the claim. However, usually this coverage is available only for the 10 or 15 years from the policy's effective date. So if you drag out your student loans forever, there is the possibility that even if you have this rider, it will not pay out. The disability insurance companies expect that you will pay off your student loans in a reasonable amount of time. You may also have the option of purchasing a retirement rider, which would only be worthwhile if you can't buy as large of a policy as you like. A retirement protection rider will replace missed payments to retirement accounts caused by disability if you're not able to contribute to your IRA or 401k or 403b due to disability, then the retirement protection rider will actually fund the equivalent payments into a revocable trust during the disability claim. And the policyholder can actually invest these benefits paid into the trust as they wish, similar to IRA contributions. The money is held in the trust and paid out to the policyholder during retirement. If the policyholder were to pass away before retirement age, which is typically thought of as 65, then the money that's in the trust actually goes to the person's estate and their beneficiaries, so the money's not actually lost. If you paid for your policy premiums with after-tax dollars, then the benefits of the trust are paid out tax-free, but any investment earnings within the account are still subject to taxes. Of course, the alternative is that you simply opt for a larger benefit from your policy to cover both your essential living costs and the retirement contributions that you would make while you're on the claim. This just gives you more cash flow to make up the contributions into your retirement plans while you're disabled. So that's why you would only consider this rider if you cannot purchase as large of a benefit as you would like. You want to purchase your disability insurance from an independent agent that's going to look at the six big companies and apply to all six companies at once. Make sure to tune in next week when I have Dr. Stephanie Pearson of Pearson Rabbits as a guest to learn more about the process of buying disability insurance. She's a fantastic person, and I can't wait for you to hear more from her. As always, Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a review. It really helps get the word out. And now the disclaimer. I am not a certified financial professional, and this show is really just for your education as well as your entertainment. I'm also a physician, but I'm probably not your physician. So if you need any medical advice, please consult your own physician. Thank you.